It's Fonger News on the Student Manager. I'm here with our executive producer, Murph Cargis, and this is the special iconic episode. Murph, can you believe we're 50 episodes in? There's like some like ESPN rock music. 50. You're at 50. That's amazing. 50. This started 18 months ago. You received the (laughs) You received the phone call from me. Yes, sir. And I said, Murph, I want to do podcasts, but I have no idea what I'm doing. I didn't even know where to start, what to do. I had the concept of, I want to do these podcasts and talk about colleges and educate high school students and parents. And I think the first one I came in here and I brought, I brought Marnie. I think mm-hmm. Marnie came and I just talked. It was called, it was titled, r- r- not Ready, Aim, Fire. It was just Fire, Ready, Aim. <laughs> That's right. right. It was Fire, Ready, Aim. It was Fire, Ready, Aim beta version. Yes. And now we're 50 episodes in. You know what? I mean, a lot of people talk about, what's a podcast? What is it? it, it it's really, it's pretty simple. You can get fancy, but it's simply a couple of people talking and you record it. There's a few things you got to do if you know how to record it. You know, it sounds cool, but essentially it's conversations and stories. And I think it's great. I'm glad you started and called me and you kept going. A lot of people don't keep going. You've kept going. So that's what I think you got going right. There's no stopping us now. There's no stopping us now. And we have goals for 2021. We're not going to inform the audience what we're doing, but right. you know what I'm doing. Right. And, and if it happens, it happens. And at the end of the day, you just got to, I have nothing to lose. I want to build this platform. And you've been with me from the start. You hear that I always promote executive producer Murph Cargis, formerly of Sugar Ray. Give me a song. I just want to fly. I don't sing though. I'm the bass player. I, but I gave you some just now. I like I that. I gave you a little. Hey, I, I, that's much better than I could do. But, but I love all your, you know, let me just jump to this. Okay. I love all the like Newport Rib Company and then, you know, all, all, of, all the uh, the sponsors you've shot out. And um, it's been a fun thing to sit in and listen to all of them. And I want to jump really quickly to all the cool guests you had. Okay. I mean, all the kids, I'm not saying we got we to gotta name everybody, but you know, if you're listening right now and you came in and you were a guest of the show... Um, it was a pleasure to have you. It, there were so many great stories that we heard. This is just setting the table right now for like the recap. And um, But it's been a really, really cool journey hearing. All, and, you know, it's because we get to hear them all. Yes. You know, not everybody who comes in hears them all. I'm sure some listen to a lot, but we've heard every single story and it's fascinating. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you to all the people that come in and our guests of The Student Manager. I like it. it you know, and you talk about there's been guests that come on and we've had some repeat guests. Yes, sir. And there's, uh, you know, the guests are coming on and the parents, I get great feedback from not only the parents, but the students. And I just had someone that I'm trying to get on for the show. And I said, just listen to a podcast. So she listened to a podcast Mm -hmm. and she goes, Oh, okay. And I I said, which one did you listen to? And she told me the, which one she listened to. I said, Ooh, I said that, that wasn't even a college student. That was like a high school student. I won't mention the name. Um, but I said, you, you want to listen to the, the students talk and give that experience. Cause at the end of the day, what, what are we trying to do? Help parents and help students with that process. So Murph, as a parent, yes, you're the executive producer, but as a parent, what has stood out in your mind that you're hearing from these students? Well, I mean, there's a lot. That's 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 a, that's a tough question. Because you have what students, stood you out? have students in high school. Yeah, right. I do. I would say I, I've been pretty impressed, actually, by by the kids who are here, um, by their ability to be honest and admit what's going on at college, and and just the the ability to self evaluate and go, what am I doing? And when they come in here, I mean, coming in here alone is a cool thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. To to sit here and talk for forty five minutes and op- open up about 
you know, what they don't know, what they know. I mean, because you're talking to people about something that they might not have all the answers. They might be in transition from like not liking a situation. I mean, we've had some guests that left college. Yes. You know, that didn't, that didn't, it didn't work out and they're back doing different stuff. They made a, made a change. So I would say it's, it's not necessarily one thing. Um, it's, I'm impressed with everybody who has come in with their forthrightness and being just laying it out, the transparency. Um, but for you, yes. You know, well, there's a lot of things I like about your, your podcast, but one of the fun things is if you're going to be a guest on the show, <laughs> know the president, is that the name? Yes. Know the president of your university. Boom. You have to, and that didn't start until like middle of the episodes. I said, but it was a cool feature, and, and you know, because that's what's impressive is the kids that know that. Not all do. Correct. Most, I'd say, it's probably about seventy percent might know. You know, um, but yeah. So, and then we'll talk about that dude from Penn who's going to like run things oh, later. That's like maybe he could be the president of the <laughs> United States in twenty twenty eight or he was sharp. There, there's a lot of sharp uh, people that have been on guests. So you know, it's funny because I look at. I always listen to my podcast. You send me the little link and on my walks, I listen to them and I say, okay, oh, here's what I like to do better. Here's how I can improve on. As a listener, because you've listened to everyone, guest and without guests, what are some areas you think I could work on or improve on? Or to add on that, what would you like to see more of? <laughs> you could be honest. I got thick skin. You ain't going to offend me. Dollars. Just kidding. <laughs> If you would have saw see more of, I was wait, I was, was doing the the Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, in all honesty, uh, you know what? I think you do way more things right than I can even possibly consider you doing things wrong. I think mm -hmm. just keep doing it. That's the hard thing. It's just to keep going. Um, but if I had to pick an area of improvement, um, I, I don't. I just can't. I don't know. I, I think your show is great. I think you come in prepared. Um, you know, there's just nothing that I, nothing stands out, honestly. I think the only thing I would say is just keep going. Just don't stop. Because that would be, you know, that's what people don't do. They right. just quit. They give up. You haven't given up yet. No. And we're 50 episodes. This is 50 episodes. People that are listening, we have, I already mapped out next year. If you think about it, Murph, I only can have maybe 40 guests on. Mm-hmm. And some, I just talked to two students today. I might combo them together because that's one thing I have improved on. That's I, been pretty fun. The, I, the couples. Yes. I like the couples. Yeah. Yes. The Okay. So first we had, when, when, he, when we say couples, are you talking about couples as in male, female, or two guests at the no, same time? No, just two time? guests. Well, it, well, the last was a couple. Yes. They, were, they, were, they met at Notre Dame. Yes. And now they're getting married, right? Or they're, they're gay. Jack Hanley and Bridget. Yeah. Uh, Future to be Hanley. They met at Notre Dame. And mm -hmm. and remember we had um, Trev, my boy Trev Dog, mm -hmm. and his girlfriend Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Right? W Washington, wait, where? At University of Washington. Washington, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, you have Northern, you had, you had Southern California meeting someone in Washington. Right, right. right? And, but I think it started with, do you remember the two boys, uh, Jake Bays and uh, uh, Blake Lutis from Ohio State? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've come on twice. Yeah, that was good, good dudes, yeah. Was, there was a three too. Didn't you have? Did you have three got guests, not including you? I had. Well, then we had, or maybe it was just a buddy that was sitting here that was like kind of trying to shout on the second mic. Okay, that was Michaela Bauchio, who graduated uh, Santa Clara University, right? And she had her brother because she just someone flew in from the airport, and he was sitting here, Brian, and 
he went to, I think, uh, University of Portland, right. and he was trying to chime in, and you said, wait, well, hold, hold on, let me give you a mic. And so we, we've done that too. We've kind of you've covered everything. Correct. Um, but it, it is fun. It's fun to the energy between, you know, just a one on one podcast is different than when there's two or three guests with you in the room. And it's each way is kind of cool. You, you, you get deep, you know, you get deeper. Um, you get longer stories when it's one on one. But there's something cool about the energy of a, of a you know, right. More people podcast. It's rad. And I want to say to, let's say right now to anybody out there, let's encourage them to start their own shows right now. Okay. So who wants to start their own show? It's kind of like I gave you ideas on, Murph, did you know during the pandemic, I, 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 maybe that's like I didn't come here and hear a lot during the pandemic, A, because we didn't know what was going on. But did you know I was driving for Postmates? Nope. Because I was so bored. That's I was had rad. my career job. That's seriously cool. And a lot of students have hit me up on my Instagram because I did a documentary on how to make $30 per hour and I broke it out. Here's what you need to do when you're postmating. Here's how you text. That's brilliant. That's yes. Great. So reason why I'm getting into that is how to start a podcast. I didn't have any fucking idea how right. to start a podcast. Right. You've really helped me um, learn how to do the podcast. But more importantly, I'm looking at it right now because as we grow these podcasts, I'm doing more um, phone interviews like late at night so I can now produce and help you make the show better uh, like a real pod, I don't want to say a real podcast, but where you have four or five guests on, but maybe not so long, two or three minute answers. Right. But I can't just call someone and have everyone ready. Okay, are you ready at 210? Are you ready at 220? Because we did that during March Madness. Remember I had um, I had that Long Beach State Athletic Director, <laughs> the Long Beach State Women's Down Coach. Down to the minute. Seth Greenberg on, yeah. Coach John Smith, yeah. and Coach Russ Turner. Five people on that podcast and you were running that engineering that from home yeah yeah so uh, that's right i mean that was crazy when the whole pandemic like i didn't leave my house for you know we were in we were staying in and you kept your show going it was great yeah it wasn't that hard to do um and yeah we just ran that with like an you calling me on an iphone yes. and i recorded your call and that wound up being you know just a merged call and i recorded it you know it, it, it was easy breezy and now we have this high tech equipment that the reason why I was postmating, I told my wife, I said, I'm gonna earn extra money so I can go buy all my own shit. Like I have a microphone stand at mm -hmm. home, my microphone, there's like things I wanna do, like I could just you know, engineer it from home and then come here and say, Hey Murph, help yep. me out. Um, so. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there, there's all kinds of stuff. If you don't know how to edit, I mean it's it's fairly simple to re you can do Anchor is a, I, I believe it's a, it's the free app that's really simple to do a podcast. Yes. You just need your phone and like an earbud and you've got a, you got a show. Right. But editing it, yeah, that can be something that, you know, you should reach out to somebody. But I, I just wanted to say that there's a lot of young, smart kids who have come onto your show. I, P, podcasts are very, very, there's a lot of them going on right now because it's, you can do it, whether it's a phone call or whatnot, and people are looking for things to do. If you want to start one, you have an idea, just do it. Do it like Mike did, man. You can do it. Fire ready aim. When we say fire ready aim, just if you don't want to listen to all 50 podcasts or go back to the first one, normally how you're taught in life, like ready, right? Ready, set, aim, fire. Just go for it. Yeah. Just go for it and do it. Now I, I look at shows where, where, you know, potentially where I want to build this platform and get on. People have podcasts, or they're not that far ahead of me. And right. we're at 50. Right. Right. So we've had guests on. Um, do, do you think like the high school counselors, 
the test people were helpful as guests? They were, yeah, absolutely. They have good information and uh, they just, you know, they've, they have a lot of experience at, at like saying, hey, you should do this. This is a good resource for you. They, they have a lot of good resources for kids to look at to help themselves. What, was there a common theme that you kept on hearing from students? It, it was like maybe by the time we got into episode 10 or 15, was there a common theme that when I asked them, what advice would you give listeners or what <laughs> advice would you give parents? No, I just liked hearing, you know, best place to eat on campus, man, or, you know, when your parents or when you're hungover or whatnot, or, you know, fake, <laughs> fake ID, the, you know, the bars that are hard to get into. Um, no, so you're saying, your question was, did I hear a theme of their answers for just what they were talking about? Yes. Maybe, I, 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 let me just be a little bit more direct. When I, when I was asked about um, what advice would you give to your parents, right? right? Because they're, right now, there's parents going through the process with, I call them upper level high schoolers, juniors or seniors that are looking for college. Uh, and if they had to do it all over again, there right. was like a common theme. Uh, you might recall, you might not, uh, but was there something that just kind of stood out? No, not really. <laughs> okay, no. It, 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 I guess my common theme in all these 50 episodes, some big takeaways were, um, A, everything's going to be okay. Everything will work out, yeah. right? And if they had to do it all over again, not stress as much. Right. I mean, parents put so much pressure on them. They were applying to like 12, 13, 14 schools. Yeah. The parents were hovers, right? At the end of the day, or, or oh, I got to take my ACT, SAT for the fourth or fifth time. I got to take, um, uh, you know, these AP classes. Uh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the common theme that I did hear throughout would be something like that. Like just the pressure that people put on themselves from outside forces. Mm -hmm. They just look back at that now and go, that's so silly. Why, why was I worried about what other people would think about what I would do? Yeah. You know, my friends, you know, that sweatshirt, you know, the sweatshirt, <laughs> the sweatshirt pressure, brand. the sweatshirt brand, you know, they, they fell into that trap and, and, and looking back, it seems like the, you know, a lot of the kids, uh, their takeaway was, you know what, I'm just gonna, what's best for me. They, yes. that, they, I mean, they, you go through something, you have experience, you know how to look back and go, okay, I'm going to do it this way now. And, and I love how you brought up favorite place where you uh, go to a bar or the, the hangout or the hangover or the dinners because I mean if I was a student listening I, I that's would, good information it man. Is. that's what you want to know you don't really want to know like how hard it is to get into or what the ratio of this you want to know where can I get a burrito at 3 a.m. right right or <laughs> wait I mean we've talked about this but if this platform takes off I want to be on Barstool Sports there you go I want to be on Barstool Sports, and it's probably going to be released anyways because my pitch podcast, I was going to ask you. I like, think you can do it. I, we, we believe in you. Well, thank you, Murph. Yeah. Okay. Because the pitch podcast is directed towards Dave Portnoy and Eric Nardini. Mm -hmm. He's the founder of Barstool yep. Sports, and then she's the CEO. I was, I, I've already done the pitch podcast. It's on that little uh, flash drive. I was thinking, should I just give it to Murph, and then he builds me a link, and then I just email it to them and that's what I'm going to do. Fuck it. Let's put it on live mm -hmm. and let's see how many downloads we get on. There you go. Right? So anyways, the vision of it, yeah. Barstool Sports, the number one, oh my gosh, that's like breaking news right now. We're breaking it. The number one podcast in the nation for college search and admission process. That is the goal of the student manager. Wow, and yeah. 
not only are we going to have guests like we continue to have, remember, we only can have 50 guests. Mm -hmm. I have taken it to the next level. Part of the pitch podcast is we want not only college students, student athletes, which we're getting a lot of, mm -hmm. coaches, yeah. athletic directors, but getting back to, I, I want to know, forget the retention rate, the admission rate, the GPA. I'm getting fraternity and sorority girls, right? Sorority girls and fraternity guys to talk about like really what it's fucking like to be in college. Yeah, right, right. Right? right. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot, man. You know, there's, it's a lot. Yes. And it's going to help students. It's going to help parents. But then imagine this, imagine the student manager game day remote. Like if I can quit my real day job, Murph, and <laughs> no, I'm serious. I know. I, you know, I'm serious. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to quit my day job because at the end of the day, I want to get paid off of downloads. Like you don't need Barstool, Dave and Erica, you're, you heard this on the pitch cast. I don't need the money. How I do want to build this is let me build the platform and I get paid off of downloads, right? That will speak for itself. I'm generating your next future audience and listeners. That's really what it is. High school students. Absolutely. They don't have that. So how about me going to college campus and bringing my little remote thing and doing live podcasts and talking to people rather than in the phone. But beautiful. Right? I mean I mean look at all look at all the viral videos of people that go onto campuses and do stuff. I mean a lot of them are right, you know, Charlie Kirk and they have like all these it's kind of political and it's funny. But they'll go on a campus and they'll just say, Who who wants to talk? Like who yes. wants to talk? That's 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 good yeah. stuff. And I, I want to say, nobody knows more about going or the excitement. Nobody has more excitement. And I would say probably knowledge about going to a campus and what you should do, when you should go than this guy right here. You know, if you want to learn something, honestly, sit here and listen to some of these podcasts and listen to this man, because I've been impressed with like your enthusiasm, your knowledge, and, and it's, it's, it's level-headed information too, I'd say for people to to learn about people don't know when to go people have come back from college because they went to visit at the wrong time right imagine that piece of information so there's all these little things you think are nothing and you know it's it college is a bit it's a big deal and um you know if you can make your if, if people just need to know where to where to turn they need to they need to tune in and listen to you so well i appreciate yeah. that i mean and this is a great transition because we I was sitting here and, and you're hearing d during some of these podcasts, you'll bring up, oh my gosh, I remember when we played uh, at that campus or I remember this. And I was thinking to myself, as we get to near 50 episodes, I said, I want to have Murph Cargus come on, former bass player of Sugar Ray and shit. Yes, Let's sir. just shoot the shit. Yes, so, sir. You had the, I'm going to say it, and you can tell me, expand on it, but 1999, for, for, first of all, most of our audience, the parents, right? Because every time a guest came in, I said, do you know who this is? They're like, <laughs> That's right. And how, and there was, how many people knew who who you were? Like the students. Uh, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm impressed. Actually, a lot of kids did. Yeah. A lot of kids knew that our music is still on the radio here and there, or satellite or streaming or whatever. So I was impressed that a lot of them knew and didn't want to like throw tomatoes at me. I'm like, cool, all right. Right, right, right. <laughs> it, 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 parents, it was a while ago, but yeah, yeah. Most parents, and it's the parents that are listening. Hello, this you want to hear some shit? You want to you want to go back in the day of the late '90s, early 2000s? Yeah, it was baggy baggy pants and right. <laughs> whatever. There was, okay, so Murph was the bass player, and 
how did it all start? Because you're, you're a band from Newport Beach. Yes, sir. Yeah, we started in, like in our living room, you know. Actually, we started down at the beach. Uh, our, our good friend Mick G, who's the big movie director, okay. did Terminator and did uh, We Are Marshall and all this stuff. We started uh, in his like in his house. One day we came came together and just jammed. I got a phone call from Stan Fraser. Okay. And that's the drummer, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he said, "Hey, you want to come down and jam?" Because they were in a band called the Tories. And he goes, "Rodney switched to guitar. He played bass. Okay. And our singer quit. And we got this guy. He's going to come down. His name's Mark. He wants to sing. He's kind of a jock." I go, "Okay, cool. Yeah." <laughs> so I went down there. I met um, Stan and Rod, and it was cool. And I kind of knew them a little bit. Okay. And Mark walks in, just all like energetic and he wasn't a musician at all he carried their 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 instruments from the tories so he was a fan of them of stan and rodney got it and he was all full of energy and you know he's just like dressed in adidas and we went into this room and we jammed it was super loud and there was just weird cool energy between us and literally that day it never stopped we kept going for years and it just began that one day at the beach in newport and Mark, the big jock, that, that's Mark McGrath as he was the lead singer. He probably got most of the publicity of Sugar Ray just because he's right singing. Yeah, that's true. You know, lead singers get, you know, because they're singing. You know, it's kind of like no doubt, you know, the lead singer's name, right? Gwen. Do you know the bass player's name? Hell no. There you go. Tony Canal. Anyway, so, okay. you know, let's understand, you know, I think you pick the instrument of your personality too. I really do. So I, I didn't didn't want all the attention. I liked being a part of it all. Okay. And having my role. I, I loved that. So uh, this was like right when I graduated college and that whole, I, I mean, I that whole genre, that generation, like Sublime, mm -hmm. Smashing Pumpkins, right? Third, uh, yeah. That whole that whole Pearl ultra, Jam was yeah. Up, PJ, there was, I love, there was a North, huge Pacific my, Northwest my thing. Yeah. It was a little different, but yeah, that was a little bit. A lot, a lot of great stuff in, in all of the 90s, yeah. And, and so then your songs come around, the, the three that stick out in my mind, you can kind of expand on them. It's Fly, um, Every Morning, and God. What? Probably Someday. Someday, yeah. yeah. So which one came first again? Fly did. Fly. How did that come about? That's a good story. Fly was written in New York <laughs> City when we were, uh, we put our first record out and it didn't do really good at all. You know, it's like, it's like a kid going to college, this sucks, you know, I'm coming home. <laughs> okay. It, well, we love the record, but it just didn't do that well commercially. We don't, we don't hate it. I actually think it's a great record. Um, but so we came back and we just wanted to clear our heads and go somewhere else. So we started writing in New York City. We stayed there for a couple of weeks and it was really frustrating and, and it got really, really bad. And then one day, you know, one thing we did say, never, you, you can't ever say, no, that doesn't sound like us. We can't do that song. That was one rule we had in the band. Got and it. that saved us because what happened is when we reached our breaking point in New York, and we were actually there in rehearsal and Mark was so frustrated. He goes, I'm out of here. And he stormed out, left. He leaves. We're sitting there depressed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I had been listening to the Sublime record that what I got yes. came out literally uh, that month. Okay. And so this is probably 96, 97. No, probably 96. And um, so this, this, you know, simple music was running through my head because I had been listening to Sublime and and then this just this terrible thing just happened. We thought we we're going to be back home and you know all at our jobs again and drop from the label, no more music career on a label. And I had a little bassline popped into my head, and we wrote "Fly" in about ten minutes. Wow! In the middle of like the worst bummer thing. So the the takeaway from that is, I think, when you get to your breaking point, hang in there. Something good is about to happen. I think that especially when it comes to art and uh, and making stuff because the creative muse is a very elusive thing. And sometimes you have to go the, a long way 
it's not just easy. Like, oh, it all comes easy. Oh, it's easy, it's easy. So if you have, if you have hard times, hang in there. We've all been there, so. Perseverance. Yeah. That's all sports is. Sports movies are about, let's keep going. You know, you just don't stop. So Fly was written that way. Of course, you know, we added, you know, other stuff. Mark came back and said, I quit if we record that. But he, but he changed his mind. The producer said, no, nah, you probably want to give this song a chance. David Kahn came in and made it really great. And then, you know, the rest is kind of history. We went, we went on to the Warp Tour and did touring nonstop for years. It, you know, it was, it was an exciting thing to hear a song that blew up so big that you wrote. It was really weird, but it was cool. <laughs> what do you miss the most? Um, I would say I miss like the camaraderie of just, you, you know, you hear athletes say, I miss the locker room. I kind of miss that. You know what I'm saying? Like just the vibe of being with a bunch of guys on the road and going to get something to eat and just, just the camaraderie of the locker room. Cause there is a locker room in terms of going on the road. It's just being with whatever your crew is, you, you know? And, and I say that would be something you miss, but there's a lot of things you don't miss too, but that'd be what I miss. It's funny how you say that because, and we're going to have Sean Pronger come on because did you know Eric Canardini's a big hockey fan? And I said, Prongs, here's what I'm trying to do, right? And I said, you got me into this podcast shit anyways. <laughs> did he? Him and Martin did. Yeah, yeah good, good. So we talk about, sometimes we'll, we'll just sit and, and we'll talk hockey. And I said, what do you miss the most? What you just stated? He said the same thing. Yeah. I miss just being in the locker yeah, room. Yeah, with the guys, yeah, yeah. You just miss being in the locker yeah. room, all right? Or like, even as a student manager, when we do our reunions with the basketball team, uh -huh. it's just so fun just getting together. Like, you never miss the beat. Right. So, like, do you, who do you keep in touch with? I keep in touch with, um, well, our band went to a, a lawsuit, sadly. Yes. You know, so that's that. But um, I keep in touch with Stan okay. and Craig, our DJ. Okay. And, you mean just amongst the actual band members? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stan and Craig, I, I, I see regularly. Or, no, I don't see him. Craig moved out to Vegas and he's coming back. But Stan, I hang out with regularly. I was in a band with him for a little while called Side Deal. But uh, yeah, those two guys, yeah. Do you have the inspiration and drive to get something going again? It might interest me, but it's, uh, I think, more just a project or something, you know? Because to start a full-fledged band again... right. Um, I'm not sure. We had such a good time and, it, it, you know, there was highs and lows to it all. And I always say, it was such a good time. Well, there was really bad times, but there's really great times. And so, uh, you know, keep the door open. Any, any students out there want to rock? It, Maybe I'll start, we'll start a band with, you know, exactly. guests of the student student manager. If there's guests in here that are musically inclined, Bring your guitars, talented, man. Right? Or, you know, uh, maybe we should get, I should get you in touch with some OSHA people. I'm on that one now with COVID. It's, it's no, I've taught some kids who who go to OSHA. OSHA's full of really, really, you know, very talented, awesome, awesome musicians. Very over talented. There. Yeah. What What are some things you you, you don't miss? Like it, it has to be tough. I, I've always wanted to know having the flu sitting in the airport. <laughs> so back then, that was pre-COVID. Throwing up into a trash can on in New Orleans on stage because I had to play. I'm like, just bring the trash can up there. Ah. Oh. You know, because you can't miss a gig. You know, just right. get a shot of steroids in your butt or something to keep going. We were in France and I, I was never sicker because we, this was, I think we shot the Someday video in like 99, is that correct? 2000. Um, and we flew to, to Europe from touring here. Okay. And we're drinking the whole time on, the, you know, in the airport and on the flight somewhat. We get there. This is the longest day ever. I got so sick in France. We were, we were supposed to fly over there to shoot a music video after shooting another one. And... I don't want to bore you with all the details, but it was insane. We, we, we land in France. There's a transportation strike. So to go like a mile, it took like t t sitting in a car for three hours. And then you finally get to the hotel 
I don't even know what day it is, if it's night or... It happens to be morning, okay? Okay. And we haven't... Re- we kind of slept on the plane a little. And then... You were drinking on the plane. The labels, they're excited to meet us. We're fried and exhausted. They're like, we're going to party with the American party band, Sugar Ray, because <laughs> they saw we were kind of crazy. Okay. And we like the Beastie Boys and ACDC and all this stuff. So we start drinking again in the morning. And then we're doing like a costume fitting. And we were like... I remember we were taking Polaroids of each other in a bathtub and we had our suits on and all that. I was smoking upside down and they were hey, the, the crazy American rock and roll band. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And you just kind of have fun with it and yes. you play with it. And then I don't think maybe we slept a couple hours that afternoon. And then we had to go to this warehouse to shoot a video where it was literally probably like for some reason, 50 degrees or 48 degrees. Uh, you know, Is this the video, I saw, it, the pizza video? No, no, no. Th- this was a weird video that didn't come out that good for Iron Mike. And okay. it just like, it was, they had, it was insane. I was so I was getting so sick at that point. They had they had us take our clothes off. We were in underwear. We were smearing blood on ourselves because the end of the video was this crazy video. And then I got I got sick so bad. I went to the doctor. He's like, "You need to rest for like two days. You have a show tonight." I'm like, "Sure, yeah. Can you just give me something to get?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gave me like a shot or something, and I pulled the show off and I slept for two days. So I don't know, but um, no, it's you know, it's a lot of fun. But the, that. The traveling around and just the little things, because you basically you're playing, you're working for like two hours a day and the rest is killing time. And it's true that like you can kill time in a good way and a real bad way. So eventually if you're on the road, if you're lucky enough to be signed or whatever, or you, you, you're you not signed and you can still make a living touring and all that kind of stuff, um, you, you'll eventually see that if you have a lot of fun on the road, you're going to go, okay, I got to figure this out. I can't keep going at this pace. I'm going to burn out. It's not going to work. So, and when I was growing up, like right after college and, you know, we went to like, you know, Lollapalooza, you see Green Day, you see yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. I'm like, dude, that all this is, looks like sex, drugs and rock and roll. Like you always hear, oh, I want to be a rock star. I want to be a rock star. Like, is that 247 or is it what you make it, what you make of it? It's totally what you make of it. Yeah. Because we actually were raised in right at, we watched the 80s. You know, we, we were looking at behind the music when we were doing our thing, when when, sugar, when we were the Shrinky Dinks. Okay. And so we're watching, we were kind of prepped to not become like this rock and roll cliche. But we, like, like I said, we still had our fun. Yes. We just were kind of like, we just drink a lot of Budweiser. We didn't get really hard. We didn't, we weren't Motley Crue, like, you know, flatlining and dying so just, on heroin. Right, you know, right. Having to be shot with <laughs> Sh- adrenaline through drugs. the heart. Yeah, <laughs> shot like with adrenaline in the heart to wake up. That wasn't us. But, but we certainly had our fun and would go too far which, you know, maybe you got to find your boundaries, but um, you, it's what you make of it. Yeah. So, some bands just totally never drink and never, they never do anything. Some go out there and have a lot of fun and they tone it, but whatever. It's just, it's what you want to make it. And for us, it was kind of like, we sort of had a really good time when we played in the beginning as the, as the Shrinky Dinks and we didn't want to change. And like, just because we get signed, we're going to be all different and sober. And we were used to playing with having a couple of drinks in us. And so we're like, let's just continue that. But the pace was too hard because... When you're when you're a band when you're not signed you play like one show every two months. Got now it. Now you're playing six nights a row, next six nights in a row. Yeah. So you're like okay, you're like the fourteenth night out of sixteen days. You're like I'm kind of tired. I maybe I should try to go to bed early Take and go running in the morning or right. sleep in. You know. Anyway, so it's what you make of it. Yes. That's crazy because I was gonna say like I've always wanted to know. If, if you're up on stage or sometimes like if I'm speaking, like there's only, I can have like one or two beers yeah. before I know like, okay, I'm not organized. I'm not prepared. Right. right? So if you're singing, I'm like, I, I wonder if these people, how many beers uh, they have in them, if any at all. 
Are you talking about the people, the musicians on yeah. stage? If they drink, right, yeah, right, yeah. Or yeah. When, or, or, or when you finish a concert, <laughs> or what drugs? You know, yes. people are in a lot of stuff. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody's different, and it's it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, you just see Murph just smiling. I could just imagine. Or, or like when... No, the, we had our fun. It was pretty much good, clean fun, I would say. It really good. was for us, yeah. Okay, so this podcast is here to help students and parents on the college search and admission yeah, process. Yeah, back to college. Back to being helpful. You've been on... Uh, the, it's going to continue with the Sugar Ray. The Orgy Tour, I think in 1999. Because you've been... It was a tour of 16 college campuses. Well, it was in... actually, the, I believe it was the Campus Invasion Tour. Orgy was the opening band who had a hit on K-Rock called uh, Blue Monday, yeah. I believe. From yeah. New By Order. New yeah, Order. Right, right. And so, yeah, it wasn't the Orgy Tour. It was the, it was the, uh, the Campus Invasion Tour, I believe. Yeah. And so you performed on around 16 campuses. Yes. And it started, and I looked at the list of campuses and I said, wow, some of these colleges I've heard of, but I've never been on. And you've been engineering all my podcasts and hearing guests and some of the lists I, I, I've seen of the colleges, what college campuses stood out in your mind? Oh man, you know, uh, well actually, you know, it's Syracuse for, for the simple reason okay. that I actually went to college on a couple of campuses because I got so bored with sitting around all day on the bus. You'd literally pull in at like, you know, 10 a.m. and you would have all day to kill in either a day, they call it a day room. When you're in, when you pull into a city, because you have a really nice bus, but they might get you a day room to have a proper shower or something. Yes. And it's just half price. And it's cheap. And you, everybody just uses it. So it's, it's really affordable. Okay. Anyway, so I'm just like, I don't want to sit here. And I was, I've always written. And so I have all these journals and I would write short stories and stuff. And so the first one I went to was Syracuse. So I go, you know what? I'm going to go see if I can sit in a class. So I okay. asked somebody. <laughs> and then I went, I made my way to the English department. It was this old building. And I went to the, they go, oh, go. Just go, there's like a student helper there or something. And they go, go ask the professor. They're in room, blah, blah. So he goes, you want to sit into my class? Okay, yeah, sure. It's, yeah, sure. So I, I sat into an English class at Syracuse University. It was wonderful. <laughs> and, and it's funny how he brought up Syracuse because that's the campus I've been on. And we had Camille Kreitz, who was the Southern California. She was one of my first regional college I remember Camille. Um, recruiters yeah, coming on. Yeah. And Syracuse is, I mean, in the snow belt, but... Um, I tell college students what you did. I tell them, or I don't tell college students. I tell high school students when they go visit a campus, go walk into a classroom. That's right. And just sit in the back. Go get in there. They're not going to say, excuse me, who are you? Right. Well, actually, if they did, that's great. Like, you know what? I'm a high school yeah, student. I just right. want to, anyone give me advice? I'm it was, they let me go in. Auburn University, I went in, I read a short story in class. I went farther. I went in, I go, hey, I did the same thing when we were down there. And I, I walked in and I go, I go, yeah, I have some, can I, can I read something? And it was a, a story I wrote about being on the back of a bus and on tour in New York City or whatever, just my perspective of being in this little capsule of this world. And I don't know if they hated it or loved it, but they certainly like, you know, were receptive they to it. They gave you a standing out. I sat there, I read a short story at Auburn and I was in a rock band playing that night at the university. So it was, you know, the energy in a college is, is, is cool. It, there's just something going on in that, in that setting, you know. It was like being in college. Yeah, kind of. Right? Well, you know, in 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 a, in a fun way because I was going there to be entertainment, and people came to see us that night, and it was it was wonderful. Yeah, it was great. That, that was uh, we also did we played the Syracuse date with Gavin DeGraw. So some of the shows you this is common in touring. Like you don't always play every single tour date with a band because let's say for that band orgy they it didn't work for them, so they 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 took off, and then we had Gavin DeGraw for a couple. Um, one big tour we did with uh, Matchbox 20. Yes. We had an opener called American Hi-Fi in the beginning of, of 
And this was, we were playing arenas, like, you know, the Minnesota Wild, like the Detroit Red Wings, you know, like Columbus Blue Jackets, like huge hockey arenas for that tour. And the second, so the second leg of that tour, that was a long tour, was a little band called Maroon 5. Did you just hear that? Maroon 5. <laughs> Opened. No one knew who they were. They were brand new. They just put out their record, Songs About Jane, and they were super cool. Um, Adam would come by like every, because we had, we were, we had a, a treadmill on, on tour okay. and he thought that was, he's, he was into fitness and he's like, hey, Sugar Ray, can I borrow your treadmill again, man? We're like, yeah, come on in, no worries. <laughs> was he all tatted up back then? He, no, he was not, not even, I don't think he had any, maybe, maybe a couple, but he was very, very, you know, mellow. And uh, it's funny, I do remember some of the people on tour thought he was a little bit like really confident about his singing voice because he said something and people were going, man, that guy's really confident. He thinks he's something else. I'm like, well, maybe he will be. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like 15 years later. They were really good live though. They were, they were, they, they were very good. Um, yeah. And anyway, so that was funny. You know, what happens when you go on tour, you find these bands and you see them explode, you know, so. Yeah. So is it, you opened up for Rolling Stones, right? Yeah. How many and times? Three shows, yeah. Three shows. Two shows in San Jose and one show in Vegas. How was that? Vegas show, I can't talk about. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays. No, in Vegas. it was just it was it was a little wild, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I made it out. Yeah, it's good stuff. No, it was it was it was a dream come true, uh, a dream come true to play to open for the Rolling Stones in an arena. I don't know. I mean, can, are you kidding me? Amazing. I mean, were most of your places that you're playing in uh, uh, the setting like maybe what ten thousand people less? Yeah, no less. I would say um, it depends because well, the funny thing about shows is that. A club tour can be a really great tour because the fans are right on top of you and it's it's sweaty and it's yeah you know so you know arena tours like there's this huge barrier and people are literally like you know maybe 15 feet away from you so there's that's kind of weird you know um, so it's all different but it's also a gas because you're playing in this huge place but the craziest show we ever played one of them was opening for Bon Jovi at the Meadowlands really we played in front of 55,000 people that was insane. I mean, you'd think it'd be the Stones, but for some reason in that open air arena, and we're talking Jersey with Bon Jovi, his fans showed up <laughs> so early. And so we had like a 30 minute set and it was just us and Bon Jovi. Or no, 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 Eve Six opened too. They were there, the band Eve Six from yes. the 90s. My question is uh, when you're opening up, because I remember just when we went uh, some recent concerts that we went to yeah. when you were able to go to, which is a whole nother topic. I went to go see you two with my daughter at the Rose Bowl and the opening, I forget who the opening, uh, oh gosh. It was probably somebody good. Good. It was good. Um, we can edit this, but oh shoot. Who was the opening act? But there was nobody there. Like, like, so we- Exactly. And that's why I said that the Bon Jovi thing was crazy. I have a picture I gotta, I'll share with you. That is insane. It's it's me standing in front of like a sea, a literal massive mountain sea of people. It, it's crazy. Luminaires. Oh no way! Yeah, they're yeah they're red. And that see that that's the bummer. And and also it was dark for us. A lot okay. of times when you open, it's bright daylight. Yes. And it sucks. And like that was what it was like for the Luminaires. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, well, the, the, there was they're coming in like I knew who the Luminaires were. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So Luminaires they have huge hits. Yeah. Right. So you're right. During the day, or we went to go see. Um, uh, I went to a country concert and the the opening act, there was like no one. And then you just, if you did a time lapse, you could just see people coming in. Yeah, so that right. must have been crazy. Like if you were in the Meadowlands opening oh, for Bon Joey. Oh, I found it, dude. Okay. I, I'm going to show you this picture. It's crazy. It's craziness. Okay, right here. You, you on the podcast can't see that. I'm handing uh, Michael a picture I have of me, me playing at the Meadowlands. Just tap on that. 
Oh, shit. That was insane. This is Murph Cargus. Nice hair, Murph. Yeah, white, I'll, yeah, I used to bleach it white. Wow. Okay, so when you're playing... That's 55,000. That, that just... It's so many that you just kind of like it cancels out and you just go, I'm just going to look at the 10 people in front of me. I was just about to say, because I know when I do speeches and I talk, I always just say, look, if you're ever nervous, look at the back of the room and and everyone will think you're looking at them. So who are you looking? Well, plus you're pretty, if you're, if you're on tour and you're doing well and you wind up getting some big opening day, we, we weren't just sitting at home working at Little Caesars and then we got that gig. We were on tour for years. So we knew our set well. We were confident. We had a great time. We had a killer time. We were staying in the city. I mean, it was amazing. We had, you know, three nights there. We just had a great time. Uh, I was a big fan of Sugar Ray. And I remember when I, again, going back to when the pronger said, you know who Murph Cargus is? I'm like, no. They're like, you know, he's that band. And, and at the time, Marnie was like, the band, you know who they are. I'm like, no, <laughs> I funny. don't know who the band the is. The band? And she goes, she you know, they, say a song they, they come or out a song. And then she said, you know, they sing that song, Fly. I'm like, Sugar Ray? Yes, that's it. Right. From Newport Beach, California. Yeah. So maybe that's why, because in Southern California, like Sublime used to play on campus at the the Nugget at, right. at Long Beach State. Yeah, they're so yeah, Long Beach. I knew we were going to Sublime like on Thursday nights, even before they became Sublime. Right. So that was probably like Sugar Ray if we were down in Newport. Playing at the, a Volcom party or a Quicksilver party. Correct. As the Shrinky Dinks. The same band, okay. same, just different name. And then we had Craig join after we got a deal. Got it. I, I'm actually very proud of that, that we're from Newport Beach because there's no... I remember when we started too, I had this thought. I'm like, no band has ever come from Newport Beach and like made it in terms of like, you know, um, that, you know, that you've heard about that right. got a big record deal and sold millions no. of records or something or blah, blah, blah. There's been, of course, there's a lot of great artists in here, but nobody, no, so I go, that's either good or bad. You know what I mean? I go, that's either good, like, like, you know, we got a shot. We can be the Stand first out. To, yeah. or it's bad. Cause like, there's a reason nobody ever comes out of Newport and does. It's always like Long Beach is a ton of music has always come out of Long Beach, but for some reason Newport Long is Beach, like I mean, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, right. And New, <laughs> Newport is more known for like maybe Echo Beach and like the surf scene. You know, right. to, to be a pro surfer here that makes sense, but to be a rock band. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you very much. Uh, it's been a great eighteen months. Uh, as you all heard, we got some big plans for twenty twenty one. We want to go on Barstool Sports. So, Dave, Erica, if you're listening. You know, I'm in sales. I, I got a whole strategic blueprint strategy for the next 30, 60 days. If you go to my home office, Murph, you can see on the bulletin board of I have my student manager and all the goals. Right I now. bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. I, I, do you remember Trevor, Trev from UW? He reached out to me. He goes, I want to be on your podcast. Like now people are like, why don't you put my daughter on? Why don't you put my son on? I said, first of all, they, they need to go to school. I'm very selective now. It's not like the very first episodes, right? right. right where we just would grab anybody. Mm-hmm. So we're being selective. But I want to say thank you very much. And I, you know, since I got you here, what I'm hitting is like a little guitar. Can you like just show my audience? Like this might inspire a, a future generations. Yes. yes. I, I don't even want to try and do it because I wouldn't be able to play. But I just love like I love acoustic. What do we got here, man? All right, what is he gonna do? I don't know. I was I was trying to make something Let's see. Up earlier. All right, we got Murph Cargus. Hold on, let me, let me, let me okay. something. Let me, what, was, what did I have going on? Student manager, help me figure college out. 
Michael Fonger, help me remove the doubts. You help me find a school. Yeah, and that's cool. Love it. Help me get a SAT. Bonger, to help you with the college admission process. Murph Cargis, <laughs> that was awesome, unexpected. That is not, I didn't even know what I was singing. I just made something up. That was amazing. That's on the spot right there. That's 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 the talent that led Sugar Ray. Just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 you, can, you can clearly see that's why I'm the bass player who doesn't sing. But thank you, just, thank you. You're very welcome, thank yeah. you. I just... I think we could make that maybe we could make that into something cool, you know? Gotta get some metal guitars and drums or something, just bust that into a big song. It'd be fun. I <laughs> I definitely think so because I've heard some podcasts uh, that have like little intros mm -hmm. and some of their friends made their uh, intro. That was fucking pretty good. Well, you know, it's like it it is. It's kind of funny. I mean, music and you know, putting lyrics into what you're talking about, we can do it. We gotta do it. That was Murph Cargis. I'm going to thank him not only for being my guest, but I want to thank him for engineering and being my executive producer. Mm -hmm. Murph Cargis in the house and our corporate sponsor, Amy at Tupelo. That's where you want some Southern fine dining during this pandemic. Go for it. So for the 50th episode, I am signing off. Bonger out. Thank you, Murph. Just hit it. <laughs> yeah, man. That was fun. That was good times, dude.